It's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Welcome to the Ghost Goal Podcast, another wild weekend of Premier League action, and we've got a big clash coming up this weekend, so let's get right into it. Manchester City squeaked away with another victory, this time a 1-0 victory over Sheffield, thanks to a goal from Kyle Walker. Chelsea passed by Burnley 3-0 with ease, Ziyech Werner getting on the score sheet for the Blues. West Ham go up early, but Liverpool's mangled defensive line was able to hold firm after Mo Salah and Diego Jota were able to score and get the Reds back where they belong, top of the table with a 2-1 victory. Remember, kids, David Moyes doesn't win at Anfield. Arsenal finally did it, but does it count? The Gunners went to Old Trafford, finally got a victory against the top six side, but remember, Manchester United way down there at 15th in the table. Spurs won a close one against Brighton 2-1, the winner being provided by one and only Gareth Bale, and they find themselves third on the table right now. Leicester get a 4-1 victory over Leeds on Monday Night Football and move up to second in the table. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. I'm Andrew Passaro. We got the whole group together today. Javier, very mad at me for that intro. Yeah, what was that intro, man? What do you we haven't won there since 2006. What do you mean it doesn't count? Of well, course, it counts. Not side anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it seemed pretty that's, clear that's to me. That's what we're saying. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Come on, guys. You know, like, I have to celebrate this win. You know, I gotta get gotta get moral support from my fellow podcasters here. It's election know? week, Javier. If we all have to be uh, depressing, uh, to miserable, and sad, and miserable, yes, you yes, can't yes, have you stepping true. out of line. It is election Tuesday. We're not allowed to have nice things, boys. I, I hope you all, like, as as the Liverpool fan who everyone in our defensive line except for Joe Gomez is hurt, I'm bringing everyone down on this well, podcast. I was going to say, you should be happy so. that we bring, we're bringing United down even further into, like, close to the relegation zone. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm happy about that because the reality is, like... Well, come I, on, I, man. You might get Ole fired. I, no, I don't. No, we don't. We want to keep him in the job as exactly. long as we want, we want. We want that inept. We want that inept, tactless manager there as long as humanly possible. That's what we want. Yeah, it's okay. The, Although, the border behind him, guys. The border behind him. You know. Yeah. Everything's Always at the wheel. Right. Always at the wheel. He's got his. Always <laughs> very. He's got much his Cavani god. I mean, we're on it. Know? Let's just jump into it because I mean, oh, it is shit. a significant result. 2006 for a club like Arsenal. That's a long time to go without a win at Manchester United. And then there's the obvious elephant in the room of... In the Premier League. In the Premier League. In the Premier League, yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's the obvious elephant in the room of... I think we messed up the year, Javier, when we were saying you guys hadn't won away at a, like a, quote, top six side in, since 2016. It was actually 2015. So yeah, uh, yeah. Since, it's been a long time. It's been, it was something like 39 had. games or like 29 games uh, without a win away at one of the what everyone would call the top six sides right now. And I mean, it's just great to get that record, uh, you know, like yeah, off your everything's back. Everything's been expunged. Back. Right. The, the Old Trafford one and the away record. All that's apparently Arteta didn't tell the players how long it had been since Arsenal had won. Like a lot of like the newer players apparently didn't know. How yeah, a lot of them were still in high been. school when it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I thought uh, I thought we deserved the win on the day. I thought that Arsenal were the better team. Um, I thought that Arsenal defended very well throughout the entire game, and other than that one Rashford, you know, really nice through ball that he had into Greenwood for the really acute angled chance that he just tried to put near post for Leno. United really didn't have any other chances. Um, so I thought that that was something really positive to see, getting an away clean sheet, getting a big win at a, at a rival. And, you know, I said in, in the last pod that I thought this was this was like the moment where if we lost this game, I was going to be pretty bummed out because four losses from our first seven games, you know, at least we got one of these big wins that, you know, we probably deserve to draw against Leicester and, and the City and Liverpool losses you can excuse, you know, those those are those are the two hardest games that we're gonna play this season. So honestly, after playing the these first seven games away United, away at City, away at Liverpool, to have the best defensive record in the league, you know, it gives me a little bit of little bit of hope going into this, you know, next part of the season where 
you know, we're not going to have as many hardaway fixtures. You know, it's still going to be a congested fixture list, and I'm sure we'll have our share of injuries. But the team is mostly healthy right now, you know, other than our center backs. And defensively, we've still been able to keep keep up the work, which is really what Arsenal have struggled with in the last decade. You know, Arsenal's always been able to to score goals, and it seems to be like that's a little bit more of a struggle now. But I would sacrifice that not being able to score goals for. Short, you know, starting to, starting to become really, really good defensively, and then winning games by one or two for. goals. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very. That much can get very frustrating point. very quickly. <laughs> I'm sure it can. I'm sure it can. But you know, when it comes to playing against top six sides, if we can keep results like the City one, you know, losing by one goal and then you know still being in the game, same thing with Liverpool. And then, you know, having results like this where we can win at away at rivals, then I'll, I'll absolutely be happy with that. Because I'm sure when we play, you know, the so-called lesser teams of the league, we'll be able to switch to, to a 4-3-3, you know. At some point this season, I'm sure we're going to start seeing that. We still haven't really seen it from Arteta. But this was the one game, you know, Alex and I were talking about this yesterday, that we saw Thomas Partey finally kind of announce himself to the league, show his qualities. You know, he really bossed that midfield and... Where United had that diamond midfield that we talked about on the last pod, they didn't start Donny Van de Beek, which I thought was a, a big mistake from them. And, you know, just that midfield of El Nenny and Partey seemed to be able to dominate the the four midfielders that United had in there. And especially Bruno Fernandes, he was really not able to create anything. Him and Pogba just, you know, looked very dull in that midfield. And Partey was just running up and down the pitch and, and, and tackling and creating chances right. and i don't once know you, I was, once you saw two players in midfield uh basically outplaying four players by themselves uh, you kind of thought to yourself like united are probably going to lose this one but i mean the penalty like i think at the end of the day like to get a penalty like that at old trafford it's just like that's another level of luck like it was penalty to be awarded in that game was plus 152 by the way what was Penalty to be awarded in that game was plus one fifty. And you would not expect it to be for your Arsenal. Uh, no, I, no, I'm just bitter. I'm just bitter that Arsenal got their penalty call, their bullshit soft penalty call, and we didn't get a rugby tackle from Maguire on Aspilicueta called for a penalty. I mean, I'm, as I'm United fans would that. say, that was a Stonewall penalty. But yeah, I mean, it was slightly soft, I guess. But it just like I think what it was, was the same as the Salah one. Like people are going to complain about diving. But like there is contact. No, but there was a ton of contact. It's not like I mean, it was it's not like a ton of contact. It's it reminds me of the Eden like, the Eden Hazard penalty down. that Chelsea but had like, a couple of seasons ago. I mean, if Arsenal. we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna compare penalties, let's also talk about the Harry Kane one too. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, we, Harry we'll, Kane we'll one's even we'll worse because it's a foul right. on Harry Kane. It's like Harry Kane is fouling Lalana on it. So, but I think right. like I think if. I think that's the type of penalty that maybe if the referee doesn't call it and then VAR reviews it, they probably don't give it. You know, they might. Right. They, I don't think that they would have been like, oh, that's like a horrible error. So, yeah, I agree. We're like, that's like a 50 50 call where you could go either way. But honestly, like Arsenal have had, I think, like four penalties in the Premier League since the beginning of last season. So we haven't had very many, especially compared to a lot of the other top six sides. And so I'm glad that we we get we get a soft one because we we haven't gotten our fair share. There's been so many calls that haven't gone our way. So it's about time some of that luck started to equalize for Manchester United. You know, they've had I think what Alex you were saying three penalties called against them already this season. So uh, that's nice. Like that. that yeah, I mean in the Tottenham game they had one, uh, and the Crystal Palace game they had one in the first game of the season. And they, the PSG game. Uh, did they concede in the a Champions penalty? League? Yes. Oh yes, they did. I didn't know that. Oh, oh wait! I don't know if they conceded. They they yeah, we were talking about we were talking about co- them conceding one. a penalty. Yeah. They've obviously yeah. still been no, getting I, their I their mistake. usual penalties, but yes, you know it was it was refreshing to have. Also, uh, Arsenal had never in the Premier League era had a player actually score their penalty at Old Trafford. Uh, Robin Van Persie and I think it was like Gilberto Silva both had missed their two penalty opportunities at Old Trafford. So that was another another duck. Well, that we'd gotten out of there. I have two. I have two quick questions for you, and then we'll move on. We'll, we'll look ahead to what Manchester United and Arsenal both have this weekend. Number one is this: the defining victory of Mikel Arteta's time at Arsenal, or is that still like the Manchester City game in the FA Cup? And then, are you worried about Aubameyang, who I know he gets the penalty, but hasn't really scored much in the Premier League from open play yet? 
You know, and I, I said on the on last week's pod, I'm still a little bit worried about Aubameyang, but I think that this is the type of thing that gets your confidence back up and and gets you gets you you know back on the score sheet and and thinking that you can get to score goals again. I think that a, a win like this will give a lot of confidence to the rest of the team, knowing that we can go to a big team like Manchester United, get a clean sheet, and no, and I do I do think this is kind of the defining win so far in Arteta's. Premier League career, obviously the the FA Cup wins were really nice and you know got us a trophy, but I think this is the type of result that really brings belief and gives the rest of the team like oh wow like you know this defensive kind of solidity first and then build from the back type of system that Arteta has been employing it, it just gives all the players more belief in that and lets you go into the next few games with with confidence that you can pull this off against you know quote-unquote worse teams or, or smaller teams so um i don't know if they're worse but smaller teams um and yeah i was quite excited by this result very happy with it um haven't celebrated an arsenal win in the league like that for a long time so it's 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 it gives me hope that we can you know at least push for that top four spot this year well they'll try to do that on sunday at 2:15. arsenal staying on that sunday slot that late afternoon slot i, I those these two o'clock games on in the premier league Depending on the NFL slate, it's tough for me to watch because there's just so much going on at the same time. But they'll take on, take on Aston Villa, who maybe are waning a little bit. Aston Villa getting involved in an absolute shootout with uh, Southampton, losing 4-3 over the weekend. Manchester United are going to play Everton uh, away uh, Saturday morning at 7:30. Are you worried about Are you worried about Aston Villa? I mean, obviously they smashed my Liverpool 7-2. A little bit. But I mean, just because. The way that they were down 4-0 and then didn't give up, you know, were able to bring it back to 4-3 and versus, versus a very good Southampton side right now who's, I think, unbeaten in the last five games and and has been having really good results. The only the only thing that I guess I'm, I'm hopeful for is that, you know, like you said, Villa's a little bit waning. They've, they've lost their last two games and... They don't look as, as scary as they did after their first four games. And and obviously, I'm sure Alex is, you know, doing little fist pumps right now saying, haha, like I told you guys about Everton and Villa not to get not to get too far ahead of yourselves. And maybe we did a little bit. Well, I was going to say, so. you, uh, yes, I am uh, going to be like, I told you so <laughs> over those teams. But also, you have to apply the same logic to uh, a team like Southampton who lost their first two games of the season and have won and have been pretty much unbeaten in their last five. It just goes to show if you just base it off two results at the beginning of the season, you're not going to get, you're not going to get to know much about these teams. You're going to be a bit more patient, but uh, Villa, I, I think we all we know about them right now is that the first goal is absolutely pivotal to them. Like if they go behind yeah, and have to they're open not themselves good. up, they're not they, good chasing from behind. They can't, they haven't been able to figure that balance out at all. And they have good players and on paper look, like pretty scary if those players are in form but if they don't get that first goal then I uh, fear the worst for them and Arsenal could get uh, actually a pretty big win here um, but uh, if I'm, Villa score first then it's all to play I'm for I'm hopeful that you know the the form that I saw from Partey shutting down Pogba and Bruno this last weekend I feel like he could handle someone like Jack Grealish for a game so I think that's one one factor that I just haven't had in an Arsenal side since basically Patrick Vieira you know, just like a huge midfield presence who can shut down the opposing player's best player or like creative creative player, and while also still providing transition for our team, you know, playing balls between the lines, you know, running 20, 30 yards up the field with the ball. And I think it's going to be sooner rather than later that the goals start coming for Aubameyang and Lacazette because the way that you know, that the system is working the way that, you know, even El Nenny, I, I didn't talk about him enough and, or, or really at all, but El Nenny played super well against Manchester United. You know, he was pressing well, wasn't just playing backwards and sideways passes like we've seen from El Nenny in, in previous Arsenal seasons. It seems like he, you know, developed a little bit more of a, an attacking mentality while he was in Turkey. And then Arteta's kind of brought the best out of him. And, and it looks like I, I, I and, and I'm happy to see Xhaka out of the team. You know, a lot of people are saying Xhaka's going to have to win his place back in the team. Like Elneny Partey is a much more energetic and fast midfield than anything with Xhaka in it. And then, of course, Ceballos, I think, is going to be the is always going to be the first midfielder off the bench to, to help if we need more offensive power. But right now, I, I'm 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 liking the way that that Alneni party midfield looked, and I think they'll do well against Villa. So 
I think we'll win. I'm gonna say three one. That's that that has to mean goals from Aubameyang. There's yes. no way you guys win three one without goals from Aubameyang. But so. we had we did uh, Villa did get that kind of smash and grab win at the end of last season, and you know they've they've been hard to beat for for pretty much any team. So, but it seems like defensively they've they've been a liability so far. So I'm thinking there's gonna be goals. All right. Well, let's go over to the Manchester United taking on Everton. I feel like this is actually like. This is going to be a sneaky little clash here. Uh, Everton obviously losing 2-1 against Newcastle on the road last week. Another you know team that's kind of waning. Manchester United do have to go play uh, in Istanbul in the middle of the week and then fly back and play the early Saturday game. So Everton have definitely lost some of their shine. Dominic Calvert-Lewin still scoring. Somehow managed to help me hit my bet on Saturday in or Sunday in the dying moments of that game. Which and I had a buddy text me because I think he had the under in that game and uh, Calvert-Lewin absolutely screwed him. And I was like, well, I'm I'm sitting on the other side of that one. But I, I honestly think Everton the best that they're going to be able to do here is probably scrap a draw. Like I I know this is at home. I know Manchester United have a, a big trip, but like I, I just don't I don't trust either of these teams enough to like outright pick a winner right now so i think is fair? i think we got a we got a first note that like hamas has had that testicle injury since the van dyke what tackle yeah you didn't yeah. hear about that yeah. he's like it's a testicle like a, injury yeah he said the yes. injury to his testicle the last couple of weeks that's why like he played in the last game but really didn't not not in the two weeks ago he played and it, he really didn't look like he was himself and then they rested him for this last game so i think you could see, you could tell the there was a big difference in the midfield when Sigurdsson and when Hamas is in there. So I think having Hamas back is going to be a big difference in this game, as well as Richarlison. And is he for you know, sure back? Ha- he's for sure back. Yeah, yeah. I think it didn't he get a red card? I think this is just him. He got a red card in the Liverpool game, right? So I think this was... is the game he gets to come back. No, because they played. They he got the red card against us. And they played against Southampton, which he would have sat out. And he played against Newcastle, which he would have sat out. If he got a three-game suspension, this it is the last it was, game. It was just two games. He didn't get the extra game for like, or the extra, okay. the extra suspended game that Martial did get um, for filing conduct. So yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm sure he's going to be back for this game, and I think that's going to be really big for them as well. I think just having their full team again, we'll be able to see what this Everton team is made of. And I think this United team, a little bit of Jacqueline Hyde. I don't know that in the league they haven't been they're like what 15th or something but in the Champions League they've gotten two you know fantastic results that we talked about last week and I think having Martial back is going to be a big difference for them as well you know uh hold on I actually just checked this he's he did say it was a three game ban Richarlison is Richarlison. banned Okay yeah so he's not back until the 21st against Fulham that that's huge. Like I, I mean, it, it puts even more importance on Hamas's uh, fitness because in that Newcastle game, I think you can pretty easily point to the fact that their front three was uh, Bernard. Yeah, Bernard wasn't into Wobi. Didn't Bernard wasn't like. starting. It was uh, it was like Sigurdsson and Gomez in the front three <laughs> alongside uh, Calvert Lewin. So they basically played with like five midfielders. And, you know, they lost all width. Luca Digne was uh, uh, suspended for one game with a red card. So he was out for that Newcastle game. So they'll have him back. Uh, so th- that helps. But, yeah, the missing uh, Richarlison and not being sure whether James Rodriguez is going to be back to sort of, like, pick that lock of on the United defense and play that, uh, that incisive pass that... Uh, leads to the uh, leads to their best chances. It's going to be tough for Everton to, to overcome, but I could honestly see kind of a similar uh, game here than we've seen from United with uh, Arsenal and Chelsea, where it's kind of low scoring, two teams trying to sit deep and not really concede anything and not lose the game too early, and then all of a sudden you're in the 70th minute and each team's only had like a chance or two, so. Um, I'm I'm probably gonna pick like one one uh, for this one. I, I, I don't think it was see also it interesting that one. that Pick, Pickford was benched for the last game. Robin Olsen, their backup keeper, started. Which you know if there was there was frames of Pickford you know raging during the the penalty and yeah, and and Tim Howard talked about it at halftime of that game or during one of the games in the coverage for NBC and he's like he honestly thinks this might be Carlos transitioning to Olsen. Like, he brought in Olsen for a reason, and he honestly thinks that this could be the start of the move away from Jordan well, Pickford. He said, Carlos said after the game that he was just starting Robin Robin Olsen to get him involved in the team because he thought he was a good goalkeeper, but he wasn't going to play next week against United and that Pickford would definitely play. So I think it was just like a rotation, not to rest Pickford, but just to Does, like, does Carlos play mind games, Alex? Squad. 
Does Carlo play mind games? Uh, no, not usually. He's not usually okay. the biggest mind game guy. He's usually just the biggest banter guy. He's just he's just <laughs> every player's best friend. But yeah, I think we'll see. Uh, I think the the being missing Lucas Digne, who's been Everton's best player since he signed for for them last year. I think that's been another you know two years miss. ago, bro. Put some respect. Two on years his name. ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's been but he's been bit. he's been phenomenal since you know he since he signed for them, and I think they really missed him as well. His width that he provides to the team, especially with that five midfielders that they started, they had like no width whatsoever, and they really didn't weren't getting service to to Calvert Lewin. So I think we'll see a very different Everton side against this Manchester United, and I, I kind of like that one one Alex. So I'm gonna but Saturday seven thirty a.m. games and what Andrew said about United having to travel to Istanbul and back. It just makes me think it's going to be sloppy. Yeah, I, I, I think this is. I think you can get away with missing this one. I'll be totally honest. Uh, Anthony Martial, though, he will be back. He's the three game suspension that's coming back. Uh, so uh, Manchester, so penalty to be awarded. Back in play, boys. I, obviously, we mentioned Everton played over the weekend against Newcastle. Newcastle are going to play Friday afternoon against Southampton. We briefly mentioned earlier our scoring goals for fun. Apparently, uh, on a run of. Undefeated in five straight, and um, Southampton, by the way, um, if they're like they are scoring at least two goals a game. I think the one the one worry is that Ings had that knee injury, came off hurt in that in that game against Villa, and after he came off, you know that's when they conceded those three goals. So he's so important for that team, and and I think with just Che Adams, I think I think they're, they're not going to score as many serious goals as it looked initially. No, I know, I but I still still going to be out for a, you know a, a few weeks, and they're not going to be getting James Ward Prowse free kicks into the top corner every game. You know they're not going to be scoring goals like that without without Danny Ings. So I'm. By the way, all four of those Southampton goals were were beautiful and, and phenomenal. So if you haven't seen the the highlights of that game, I highly recommend it. But I don't think we're going to be getting the same type of production from this Southampton side. And I think that I kind of I kind of like a draw on this one. I think Newcastle have been on decent form as well, and you know Southampton being missing their their top goal scorer. I don't Why know. Why are there two I'm, Friday I'm, games? Yeah, that that's interesting. I think I think it's because I think it's because there's no Monday game because of the international break. Oh, this is last so, week. Also, nobody wants to wa- nobody wants to watch Brighton Burnley. So you know they're putting yes, it, they're putting is, it at the twelve thirty Friday slot where they're just kind of like, all right, have fun with that's that one, boys. Yeah, that is that is literally watching paint dry. I don't know, like, no, it's know, not. It's exciting I, relegation six pointer. It's too early for that. It's like it's too early for me. We to forgot get to mention last week, but the the West Brom Fulham game was a relegation six pointer, and you know yeah. Fulham Fulham got their I mean, first no, win in the season. It is too early for those, but you know. Speaking of Burnley, we'll somewhere. use that to tra- <laughs> literally. Uh, we'll transition over to talking about Chelsea, who got a three 0 victory over them. Uh, Ziyech Zuma and Werner on the score sheet. Alex, how do we feel? How do we feel about uh, a Chelsea victory? The whole narrative Javier and I were talking about going into that game was like. Let's, as a team, try to get the monkey off of our back of going into these games against teams that are playing terribly and just giving them a lifeline. Uh, Chelsea did that, uh, or did the opposite of that. They uh, pretty much just controlled the game. I think there was one chance early on from uh, a ball in behind that Zuma just misjudged and uh, Ashley Barnes missed. But from that point onward, it was just like Chelsea dominance in that 4-3-3. I was... uh, uh, calling for uh, that we first saw in the second half of the Krasnodar game with Kante sitting deep by himself with Thiago Silva and Zuma and those three just sort of mopping up any counterattacks while the rest of the team push on and having the two attacking midfielders in Mount and uh, Havertz was, I mean, it was as good as I could have expected against a, a low block Burnley team like this that weren't going to put pressure on us. And, uh, yeah, it led to great results. It was a very professional performance. And I'm excited to see whether Chelsea are trying to, like, will try to, or Frank will try to push this formation specifically. Like, this is how we're going to play, no matter the opponent. Or whether he's going to keep being a bit more uh, tactically flexible and switching back and forth to different formations depending on the opponent. So, uh, we'll see how it plays out. But this is a, a good option for when we have to play teams that are going to sit deep and try to defend deep against us. Mendy with another clean sheet. The Mendy effect. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean there were like two shots all game. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he's doing well. But the, the real test is going to be, you know, 
coming up now with, you know, I know Sheffield aren't playing well, but we didn't beat them last season uh, when we expected to uh, in both games. And uh, away Newcastle has always been a tough game for us. And after that, we have uh, home Tottenham. So if you get through these next three games and uh, we've got three wins from those three games and we've built up a little bit of a winning streak in the Champions League as well. Then you start to get uh, start to get thoughts in your head about how open the league is and what could we do. But then again, the Pulisic injury just reminds every team, uh, you know, you're one tweak in a warm-up away from not having one of your best attacking players. So luckily now we just have the depth to be able to uh, phase out an injury like that and it doesn't really affect us in the, these kinds of games. So uh, confidence level one to ten. How how confident are you that they'll go to Sheffield, go against Sheffield United, and get the victory? Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll say an eight. Uh, we're looking good okay. right now, and uh, Sheffield. Uh, we've been over it a little bit. What what's causing them uh, to struggle this season? They just the, the lack of a goal outlet. I think they have one goal from open play this year, or maybe that was maybe that was Burnley. I think that was Burnley. No, no, they do only have one goal. Okay, yeah, they have a well, penalty. Sheffield and, and Burnley have that in, in, in common, but. You know, at the end of the day, like it's a, it's a system and a structure that we struggled against last year, drawing two two at home and then losing three nil away uh, in like the fourth to last game of the season. It, you just got to be focused, and you know you're not going to blow this Sheffield team out. You just have to uh, get that one goal lead early, uh, sit back and uh, defend uh, resolutely for a little bit, and you know wait for their mistake to go and nip the the two nil and just sort of see it out from there. So. We saw how well they defended for most of the game against City. City, Manchester City probably should have scored a bit, uh, a couple more. But you know, Sheffield uh, still have that identity to uh, frustrate you. So I'll uh, I'll take any win in any shape or form I can get here. Secret agent Ampadu doesn't get to play in this game, does he? Of course not. He's oh, on loan. It's going to be a big, big loss for them. I feel like. Um, yeah, him and Sander Berger really starting to make a nice little partnership in midfield. Like they started like talking about each other in, in uh, the press and praising each other and how good they are. Rian Brewster did get his first start. Didn't look too much on the pace for them. And Second you got to think he started that, against Liverpool too. Oh, okay. Yeah, he started you, against you, us. You got to think that you know, in, at some point he's going to get he's going to get going this season. Don't know if it's going to be against Chelsea, but against his former club, the club who uh, the, the academy he went to before going to Liverpool. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't get care. back at you guys, his, so he'll try to get back at us. His, di- his direct sale led to my lord and savior, Diego Jota, so that's all that matters to me. I really don't care. Like, he can he can have fun kicking rocks you, at Sheffield. plastics. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Sheffield, they uh, lost to Manchester City over the weekend 1-0. I mean, we've talked about this before and how Manchester City are seemingly struggling to create goals. I mean, luckily for them, they, I mean, in their last three Premier League games, obviously a 1-0 victory over Sheffield, a 1-1 draw with West Ham, and then obviously uh, the 1-0 draw, 1-0-1 over Arsenal, and even the game before that, 1-1 against Leeds. I mean, no official healthy strikers. They're kind of using... Uh, Ferran Torres. Uh, we were talking about that. Ferran Torres, yeah. He played really guys, well I against Sheffield. Like, he had a couple of... Yeah. Uh, he had a couple of uh, runs off the ball where he was able to get his head on a, on a cross. Uh, where I was thinking, like, has this kid played striker before? Like, he, he hasn't. Every time I watched him at Valencia, he was an out-and-out winger who could play on either side. But yeah, he, I think he just is showing as the sort of youngest recruit that City brought in that he's willing to play anywhere and do anything to uh, get into this team consistently. And that's what they need from him right now. And uh, I actually don't, I mean, I, I know that they are kind of struggling to get goals. Even I'm kind of not that worried about them at the moment because they're fixing the major issue that we had had with them. But they've secretly gone or kind of, under the radar have been like one of the better teams defensively in the last uh, four or five games. And that's an all Not as good as Arsenal, but yes, yes, yes. Champions League included. But, you know, where we went from, you know, seeing them lose like eight or nine games last season and, you know, concede like three goals at Norwich and all this, all these crazy results and just have these huge uh, games where they can't get anything right defensively to, you know, they bring in Ruben Diaz. They have Kyle Walker is sort of like one of the stabilizing factors of the squad. Ederson's having like a pretty good start to the season. 
it's a template where, you know, I don't count City out and actually I might even have them as favorites for the title now. Well, I already had them favorites before the season, but I might stay on them as favorites for the title. Uh, because they're getting those defensive issues sorted out. And as soon as Aguero, one of Aguero or Jesus comes back, you know, they're right back in business. That is true. That is that is very true. They do uh, currently sit, though, way down to 10th place on the table. Three wins, two draws, and a loss on the season. And champions on top of the table, Liverpool, are going to come to their castle this weekend. We'll talk about little Before we get to the game, briefly mention Liverpool's 2-1 uh, victory against West Ham. Uh, like I told you guys on in the video, um, for my picks last week, I knew West Ham was going to score in this game. Mikhail Antonio not playing was honestly such a blessing uh, for Liverpool. And shout out Nat, uh, Nathaniel Phillips, Nat Phillips, big Nat Phillips, who got the start. And honestly, I know... Uh, Alex, you got you guys talked in the preview pod. You thought maybe it would be um, uh, Reese Williams. No, yeah, the Reese Williams you guys talked about, and then there was the Vandenberg kid, the other the other kid that they have, the Dutch kid. I don't think he's ready for for senior football. I still think he's getting blood in the um, like he'll play in a cup game, but he's not going to play in a Premier League game yet. He just doesn't have the size, and that's actually why they played Phillips. He went on loan last year to Stuttgart, and he's just a giant human. And in a game against West Ham, where you know they're going to throw bodies at you, I thought that he I, it made sense for him to start. I honestly think you could get Reese Williams in the Manchester City game because he because they're not going to put as many bodies forward. Number one and number two, like he's a little bit more of a better on the ball player, which I think they're going to need alongside Joe Gomez. And obviously, not having Fabinho in this game hurts I a think, lot. And, I and think the biggest, Ma- Ma- Matip has returned to training, so he might. Yeah, he was supposed to be back he, for the West Ham game, like early back available. Exactly. That's, yeah, I'm guessing that he's. You know, we'll see. He might be on the bench for for this Atalanta game, and then I don't I don't know what. Here's the thing with with Joel Matip. He's like officially joined the like Jared and Shakiri and Tiago crew, and and you know it's it's reminiscent of the Daniel Sturridge days of this guy's injured. You didn't see it happen, and allegedly he's healthy. We'll see what happens on game day, and then he's not in the score sheet, so not on the squad. So it's like I don't know what to expect from a guy like Joel Matip. Would it be massive to have him there? Sure, but I mean, here's a fun Liverpool fact. Uh, Joel Matip and Joe Gomez have never started to get next to each other ever for Liverpool in, in a, as a center back tandem. They've all started together in, in a back four where Joel Gomez played as a right back, but they've never started as the two center back pair. And obviously that's what you'd want in this game against Manchester City. But I think the biggest, like, the bigger thing that I would want in this game is the exact player that would have made the West Ham game 10 times easier and that's Tiago. If Tiago can find a way to be healthy for this game, I think it gives us a much better chance. I don't think we're going to get blitzed by Manchester City away at the Etihad the same way that we did right after winning the title last year. And obviously there were circumstances, aka they just won the title. But Tiago is really the factor for me. And not that Jordan Henderson and Wijnaldum did a bad job. I thought they were fantastic. Um, and, I, and I think the other thing too is, and I, as much you guys know, I'm, I'm Roberto Firmino's biggest uh, supporter, but he looks a little off form and I know he's still doing the work and I know he's still trying to set up things, but you know, one goal in the Premier League, I don't know what his assist numbers are like, but he hasn't looked like the same guy. And and honestly, it could be just a pure, he's played so many games between games for us and games for Brazil and he works incredibly hard on and off the ball that I wouldn't be shocked to see him start Jota in this game because of the form he's been on. He came on with Shakiri and Shakiri played. I mean, I was t- tweeting with somebody and, you know, they said if Kevin De Bruyne or Ozil played the ball that Shakiri did to Jota, we'd be seeing that on a loop for, for decades because of just the, the way he nutmegged the West Ham player. And and the, to see Shakiri out there and like actually contributing to the team is is huge for us because we really haven't seen him be this player since the run in the Champions League to beat Barcelona. He really did nothing last year. But I still think Liverpool could win this game, but I, I don't think we're looking at... I honestly think we're looking at like a 1-1 draw or one club's going to win 2-1. It's going to be nervy. I think the, the whole game's going to happen in the middle of the pitch, and it's really going to come down to who can win the midfield battle and teams taking the chances because you know Allison's looked on good form I know Liverpool are our center back light but Manchester City are also striker light so I, I honestly think like you know it's not the immovable object versus the immovable force it's you know but but both teams have been kind of knocked down have been knocked down a little bit of a peg with the uh with their injuries and I, honestly like I know Van Dyke's gonna be out but Liverpool are gonna sign someone in January I still think they can win the league like I know that's that like I, I still think this team is 
built right with the right mentality. And once they get Fabinho back after the break, we'll be okay. And then we'll sign someone in January. And as long as they sign the right player who can slide right in there, we should be okay. And I don't think the Champions League will happen, but I, I think okay, the Premier League is still... Everything's yeah, fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. So it looks like Thiago like, and, and Nabi Keita are, are looking to be fit for the yeah. City game. This midweek game today might be a little bit too early for both of them, but yep. if, you might see both of them on the bench and, and maybe get a few minutes off the bench. And, and I think if you have Thiago and if you have Nabi Keita for that game, I, I, I do fancy Liverpool getting at least like a draw in this game because I think City don't. I'm still I'm still wondering where the goals from City are going to come from. Aguero is going to be out till after the international break. It might be that Pep's just hiding hiding his ace up his sleeve because he said, "Oh, I think the Liverpool game is going to be too early for him." But I I I don't think Ferran Torres and Sterling and Bernardo Silva are going to be able to get, be able to get more than two goals against Liverpool. Well, and it also depends really? how much Sterling and Sterling can wind up Joe Gomez and Trent Alexander Arnold, which he does have a history of doing. Yeah. Also, that is that is that is a space to the, watch. The, the main problem City have had in these games where they they don't have Aguero or Jesus uh, available is that they stick Raheem Sterling up there, or I think even times we've seen them play Mares up there, and uh, then they never really make any sort of runs. They just sort of drop in as another midfielder. Now with Ferran Torres up there, it allows Raheem Sterling to go out to the left wing, which, I mean, these last couple of games I've seen him play, uh, I know they didn't get a great result against West Ham, but he absolutely was, uh, he looked like he was back to his old self, just able to menace down that left wing. And the same uh, could apply to that Sheffield game last week. He looked like a, player with like a new breath of life in him uh so i I think he's probably along with de bruyne he's a key to city winning this game and i would probably i'm probably leaning towards like city 2-1 or something it's uh it's gonna be a tough game for liverpool i'm gonna say 2-2 yes i'm gonna say 2-2 because i think both teams although like alex said you know City have looked to shore up defensively a little bit their their weakness, but I think if Nabi Keita and Thiago can can play in this game, then I think that the midfield battle is going to be much more even or, or much you know Liverpool are going to create a lot more than they have in the last couple of games because they've been having like Curtis Jones in there and you know they haven't the they haven't had their Klopp full midfield. Want to play the the midfield that Klopp will want to play is Jordan Henderson, Thiago, and Wijnaldum with uh, the the regular front three but you could also maybe like i don't i could honestly see firmino getting dropped for joe i don't think i don't think maybe, you drop him he's too impl- like as long as mine and salah are scoring yeah. which they which they are firmino is doing his job like he's completely opposite to all other center forwards in that regard but he, he's the guy who links it all together. And, you know, if Salah and Mane are getting their goals and they're happy, then Firmino should be happy and Liverpool fans should be happy. Oh, look, I'm not unhappy with him. I'm just, I'm noticing that maybe, like, I, I think the guy needs a rest more than anything. And it sucks that Brazil's going to call him and he's probably going to end up playing two 90-minute games in South America and, and like, big games that he needs. But we'll see what happens. Uh, we mentioned West Ham. They're going to travel to, well, they're going to travel home and they will take on Fulham in a game that, honestly... They shouldn't really have trouble with. I know Fulham have kind of like spurned back, but West Ham have just come off this like crazy run where you can't really say that they played badly in most of these games. They got kind of lost Liverpool. It was their first loss in like four games in the league, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, they beat they they spanked Leicester. Then they drew Spurs in the crazy game. They beat Wolves as well. Then they drew. Uh, that was prior. They had lost to, to Everton, oh, okay. but that might have been a League Cup game. Yeah, they were on a nice run in the Cup? league is what I'm trying to no, say. Yeah, that was League Cup. That was the League Cup. Yeah, you're right. So, they, yeah, they were on a nice run in the league where they won two and then drew two. And then obviously lose to Liverpool. But, again, it's at Liverpool, and they're the, the Premier League champions. Like, there's no shame in that. And now they go to Fulham, and they should easily beat Fulham. Like, this is a game that they should win by two to three goals. I, like, I know Fulham are playing better, but... Uh, West Ham are also playing better. I don't know. I just I'm not buying anything I'm seeing from Fulham, even though they got a two 0 victory over West Brom over there on Monday afternoon. That West Brom Tottenham game. I mean, obviously it, everything points to uh, Tottenham just you know dismantling West Brom, who still seem pretty uh, yeah, pretty West listless uh, and pretty, been pretty having directionless. A rough time of it. Uh, they had they had their two kind of like relegation six pointers with a nil nil draw against West Brom and then a one one draw with Brighton and. You had to think that they needed to get like at least a win from one of those two games to, to well, try no, to get the, the spirits up. 
Wait, who was the nil-nil with? They had a nil-nil with Burnley. Oh, and right. then they had a one-one draw with Brighton, and then they've lost to 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 Fulham. Which these were all they had three relegations, quote unquote relegation six pointers in a row. Where you were like, all right, these are these which, are the games that West Brom are going to have to get some wins, right? And then to come out of that with two points, I don't know. I'm 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 not liking this West Brom team right now. I think that they're gonna they're gonna be struggling all season. So they've also only like just gotten their team like healthy. And sort of together, like the first three or four games of the season, uh, if you look at their lineups, it was nothing like what they're they're playing now. Like they've settled on Carlin Grant. Do you remember from him from Huddersfield a couple of years ago? He's their center forward. I think he has a goal or two uh, already. He's still not great. Yeah, that ain't it, Chief. Like yeah, a couple other players in midfield. I, I'm I'm hoping they can do something like they did to us opening game of the season. I mean, lads, it's Tottenham. They always. They always have a chance. I think. I think. I think the one thing is that they've they've got the worst defensive record in the league. You know, second to Liverpool, who have the second worst defensive record in the league. But um, <clears throat> I think that yeah. But uh, most amount of trophies uh, are up here. What? So oh. boo, yeah. boo. Yeah, that yeah, was that's not yeah. relevant. That was not a relevant. Weak comeback. <laughs> but but okay. I We're think that West Brom having. You know them. I, I feel like they are probably the worst team defensively in the league. It does feel like they can get goals. Like they have a, they have offensive firepower um, with that with that Pereira signing and you know they, agent the D- Diagana and Connor Diagana and, yeah, like they've got they've them. <laughs> but yeah, There's like like Alex no said, I can't it. see this being like a one-one. I, if West Brom were to get something out of this, it would be like a two-two or three-three or something crazy like that. But then again, Tottenham have have been on good form recently, and have they? They've been sneaking wins when they have. Yeah. What if Aren't what they, if they try uh, to what if they try to rotate the table. again? What if they uh, third in get the table cocky and then, like they did at Royal Antwerp and lose one nil without a shot on target? I mean, I, like that Antwerp game. I feel like I, I that, feel like Mourinho thinks he's he can win the league this year. I really do feel like he's he's going for the league this year. Like he he doesn't give a shit about Europa, and he definitely thinks like oh my team's gonna make top four this year and you know he's got his Harry Kane and, and Son firing and it seems like Dembele like I mentioned last week he's really really coming to the fold for them this year and, and seems to be playing really well for them and I think that they're going to take the league really seriously this year and and the way that they've been scoring goals and you know I know, I know they got a couple of not so great draws against Newcastle and, and West West Ham at home but West that Ham have been on, on really good form I'm still mad about that. Yeah, West Ham have uh, we're on really good form, so to get a draw with them isn't the worst result. And then, you know, a couple of close <laughs> games. You can't say that when you have a three 0 lead. That's terrible against any team. You can't, yeah, that that is, that is they, terrible. They blew that a is three 0 lead with the last like eighteen but, minutes of the game. Like you're trying to take recent results, a blown three 0 lead against West Ham at home, and a one 0 loss away at Antwerp, where Son played like the whole second half. Like we haven't talked about that game yeah. since it happened just after we recorded last week. I mean, it's a group game, so it doesn't matter that much. But it's hard to state properly how terrible group, they were you know? against Royal Antwerp. Yeah, but Mourinho just shit all over them after that game. Was like, oh, you know, I, I start all the players I started during that Antwerp right, game. So like, none of them are going to play on the weekend against Burn, uh, Brighton. <laughs> like, sure, it wasn't much sure, better. Sure, but I think I, I still. I need think belief, that this... Javier. I need to believe that Tottenham can just screw up here. No, Alex, there. He literally made four changes at halftime in the game against Royal Antwerp. Yeah, yeah, and they obviously, like the the. The backup team that Tottenham have aren't that great. I mean, if we see an injury to Harry Kane or Son, then I'm going to start looking at this team differently. But as long as they have those two players healthy and playing together, I, I can't see them dropping any points here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with 3-1 Tottenham. Yeah, I, I, I think they won 2-0. I don't, I don't think West Brom get on the score sheet. Whew, let's see. Who have we not talked about? Well, we got two games left to look at. We'll briefly mention Crystal Palace and Leeds, which is Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Alex, are you taking Palace? I mean, you you finally you predicted Leeds to lose every single week for the last five weeks. You finally got one, Alex. You know, you're, I'm sure you're going to take credit being like, ah, no, no, I knew it with Leicester. They were going to get the result. But all right, Alex, Crystal Palace, they're a similar team to... to to your Leicester yeah, they are a similar team, but I don't Wolves. think they're they're as good as the Wolves and Leicester cities of the league at the sort of counterattacking style. So I'll uh, I'll say a draw, so like a one-one no, no, one draw or a two-two. Like, I feel Leeds like Zaha, gonna, like this, like Zaha is another kind of player 
that, you know, leads are used to just beating up in the championship against like most teams, but then like the the crappy teams or the lower half teams in the Premier League just have these international stars like Zaha who can just, you know, win the game by themselves. So uh, that's always a factor. Um, yeah, I'll probably say like 2-2. Two, two. Yeah, I'll uh, say 2-1 uh, leads in that one. Speaking of Crystal Palace, they uh, lost to Wolves 2-0 on Friday afternoon. Um, and Leicester is going to Leicester, who beat Leeds on Monday. Um, by the way, I had Leicester in my picks. Um, Leicester uh, will host Wolves on Sunday, Sunday morning, the 9 a.m. game. Honestly, this game should be a lot of fun. Like this, this really, sh- this is this is like, this is the I know enough about soccer that I'm kind of a hipster, but not like an expert game. This is the Sunday slate of pro- games is is very juicy. Uh, yeah, the Sunday slate. I kind of want to watch all of them. I don't want to watch West Brom Tottenham, but Leicester Wolves is going to be great. Manchester City Liverpool should be great, and Arsenal Aston Villa should be solid. But yeah, Leicester City versus Wolves is a is a soccer hipsters. I only play with four and a half star teams on FIFA's wet dream. Right there is what it is. Um, and Wolves again, they get another two 0 victory. They're they're up and down, but they're chugging right, right along. They've obviously um, you know both these what. Leicester's obviously got to deal with the Europa League. Wolves do not this year. It hasn't been um, much of a but, much of a problem for Leicester, though. I mean, I think their group is probably kind of mm-hmm. easy. But they've beaten Zoria yeah. Luhansk and went away and beat AK Athens. So, you know, they've at least proven now that they can uh, overcome long trips I think, to places I, like. I Greece. think this is the game we see we see Ching's under. Finally, start. I, I I've been really liking he's how he's been, been playing really with good. Jamie Vardy. I know that Alex mentioned him last week, saying you know that he looked really goal good against Arsenal and that after he came on, and then he looked really good as well when he came on against Leeds. And I think he's really calling for a start here, and it seems like he's got a really good connection with Vardy. And you know he's a he's an exciting young player that I'm not sure why Roma let go. And you know it's it's it, I think he's going to add something to this Leicester side that we didn't. That you know he hasn't really had. He he kind of he, he feels like he's a better Mark Albrighton, where like he can he can pass an assist okay. really well. But I'm sure, first of I'm all, sure he can get some all. goals. Javier, can you stay way away from player comps from now on? <laughs> way better he's than Mark Albrighton. He's like a better Mark Albrighton. Well, yeah, like he's a, a better, way better. I'm complimenting him, and I'm no, you know, like play style. You're actually not the, the thing is though, all. like thing is the thing is though, like. He is a way better player, but they are in no way the same player. So I would say Mark Albrighton like, is like a shit James Milner. That's who I would compare him to. Yes, that's an accurate statement. Sinki <laughs> Zundere, like the only reason he's not starting right now is because of all of the defensive injuries Leicester have had, and they've had to uh, like shift to this five at the back, and they've been playing like James Justin in the back three, and then Mark Albrighton at right wing back because he just has a lot of work rate, and then they could bring on Sinki Zundere and. You know, he's still kind of acclimating to the league, but he's playing well and he's setting up Vardy. And if you're doing that in this Leicester team, then you are now all of a sudden a very important player to them. I would say Undere is probably uh, the the rightful heir to Riyad Mahrez, where they tried to sign, uh, I think it was uh, Mohamed oh, Ghazal. The Nigerian kid. Yeah. Well, no, they tried to sign Mohamed Ghazal from Monaco uh, right after they sold Mahrez and he ended up being awful and he was an, another Algerian winger. Uh, oh, he's on loan. They, have he, their guy they didn't actually there. sign him. Okay, he's yeah. on loan. And also, Vardy's back Who's scoring the, goals. The, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Vardy's back. But Wolves have been have been you know they really turned it around after those first couple of bad results that they had at the beginning of the season. And I don't know. I think this is going to be a fun one. I I I, I don't this know how to I don't know what to call this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how to call this because I think that. Both teams are in good form, and they both have kind of a similar style where they like to sit back and and kind of feel the opposing team out. I could kind of see this yes, being but, really low but scoring. But Leicester will hit you for more goals. Leicester will hit you for more goals. That's the thing, though, is that Leeds or Leeds Wolves will beat you, but they're only going to score two goals, and it's going to be a shutout. Where Leicester will get into a five-two game with you, and they will just score goals for fun. And that's why I think I'm going to take Leicester in this one. And like, here's the thing: like Leicester and Wolves are like two of my like. Outside of betting on Liverpool every week, I probably have a prop in one of those games, and I will get Leicester plus money in this game. I would almost guarantee it. I'm probably going to take Leicester. Like I, I really, I, I think that it, this game one, the over is in in play, and two, I think I think Leicester can just turn this into a little bit of a track meet, and 
when you turn it into a track meet with Jamie Vardy, I'm going to take I'm going to take the team as Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I'm still up in the air about it because Leicester aren't going to have Castagna for a couple of weeks now, yeah. I think, until after the international break and maybe a week or two more. Uh, they're already missing Pereira. Uh, it's Soyanchu's out. Like I, I know they're, they're they're playing well and they're making do. Um, but Wolves are. I, I don't think there's any really significant injury that they have to deal with. And I think I'm going to say draw. I'm just going to go common sense and go like one-one draw. I, I'm, I'm suspecting yeah, I both these the teams are playing well enough now that they they just draw. don't want to lose at this point of the season. That's a very that's a very fair pick. Speaking of picks, look out for my picks on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Ghost Gold Pod at Andrew Pissarro and follow along with everybody else at ASMoss92 and at Rev 9 I went three of four on my official picks last week because I gave you Liverpool, Southampton. Dominic Calvert-Lewin to score, and I, as per usual, just every week bet if there's going to be a penalty to be awarded in a Manchester United game, because I don't feel like I should have to keep saying that, because it just happens more often than not, and at the end of the year, you'll you'll realize that it cashed out enough for you to... By the way, shout out to, to Kurt Zuma, boy. Chelsea's top scorer. Shout out to Kurt Zuma. No, 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 he's tied with Timo Werner. No, he's your top scorer, Alex. He's tied with Timo just, Werner, three apiece. Yeah, Werner takes penalties, you know, it's, it's not the same. He hasn't taken a penalty in the Premier League. Has Werner League. taken a penalty yet? Not in the Premier League. Oh, in the Champions League. Okay. Okay. I just, come on, Javier. If you're going to come for my Zuma's team, Zuma's banging in the correct. goals, Alex. I'm not coming for him. I'm, I'm giving shout outs to Zuma, okay? Just let, let me do Kurt, it. Kurt, happy Zuma. He, he had like 100 chances last season. He missed like like almost all of them. So I'm happy he's getting some uh, goals. Well, he's also, a center back. So I, I know I know this is really off topic, but I, I feel like we really needed to close on this. Do you guys know what happened the last time the three of us uh, did a podcast on election day? Are you going to say something stupid like Chelsea won the Premier League? No, no. Tr- well, well, th- yes, that is true. I wasn't actually going to go that way. I was going to go. I was going to go with Trump won the election. <laughs> so, oh, Jesus, are, are Alex, we jinxing stop. America? No, Alex. I fucking hope not. Don't don't talk don't talk that way, Alex. <laughs> it's bad talk. I still remember that night sitting in the, Alex, a Korean barbecue Alex. with Javier after recording a pod with you, saying, "Man, he might win this." <laughs> Uh, flashbacks. Uh, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Yeah. Yeah, really. Let's hope not. All right. Uh, that wraps it up from us. Like I said, follow along on Twitter and Instagram. Write, review, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. And until next week. See you.